I need to know. Just give it to me straight. Don't hold back. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. And we overanalyze recent episodes of the Aussie soap, Neighbours. We are in Melbourne in the PirateNet studios. I'm Vaya. I have Kate here. Hi. And a big hello to CJ, who's just had surgery, sending lots of love to her. Sitting in for her, and kind of me, because I've got a head cold, is the other person that lives here with me at the PirateNet studios. Kind of Barker, better known as KB. Hello. Hello, long time resident, um, seldom time guest. You're about to find out why. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I'm not sure if I've been on the pod with you before. No, because I'm a last resort. Ah, this is this is VP and the two KBs. Yeah. I should probably start by telling you how often your husband texts me thinking that I'm you and how often those conversations go, no, it's Vaya's partner. And then he goes, okay. And then three minutes later, all right, when can you pick me up? Bless his heart. I can... guarantee that there will be nothing inappropriate in his text. No, 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 no. Soul to the earth. Yes. Yeah, very, I mean, yeah, it's an insight into a very dull relationship. (laughs) Oh, thank you, thank you. That's the way we roll. Dull is good because, as we see on Neighbours, when things are tumultuous, it's bad news. So, Kate, that's the first time we've revealed a letter of your last name, Kate B. It's no great secret if you're in the Neighbours Council as to the entirety of my surname. And... Neighbours Council business. The business, again. We have new members that have joined the Neighbours Council. And firstly, a thank you to Jason, Jason on the tractor, who heard us give him a shout out last episode and then posted footage of him on his tractor in the group. It was, it was full tractor porn there. Like, I don't know, I was, I was asking my husband, what is that thing? Something was going on, something farmy. I have never gotten over tractors. You see a tractor and you still want to point and say, it's a tractor. I like to say, when I grow up, I'm going to drive one of those. He says that about quite a few vehicles we pass by. I need to learn more vehicles because my daughter asks me what things are and I just say, that's a digger. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> and much And then is. she goes, it's a crane. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's a crane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could dig with a crane if you needed to. Emily has joined our Facebook group. Just search Neighbours Council. She says she listens to the podcast while cross-stitching when the kids are in bed. That is wholesome. I like that. She must have a good life. That's all I can take from that. And Stephen, he listens either at work or in bed with his wife. Oh, that's just like, it's like Phil and I. It's right? super wholesome. Super wholesome. Well, you guys are reading wholesomeness into that. I wasn't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, that's some whole new level of kink. If, yeah, if now we're talking neighbors. red hot crocheting, <laughs> tractor riding, <laughs> watching neighbours in bed. It's the Amish gone wild. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I have limited voice. Because I've got a weird Melbourne winter cold. Because maybe I've been getting about like Roxy with no sleeves. She's in a boob tube as we speak. So I've brought this on myself. So I'm going to lean on Kate and KB a bit for our deep dive this week. But I wanted to put an episode out because we go weekly and I made a promise. KB though, why don't you shed a bit of light as to what it's like living with the creator of Neighbours? So I see a lot of Neighbours over your shoulder. 
Um, I see a lot of neighbours from across the room while I'm in the kitchen and I half see and I half hear and I've got a pretty good idea of what's going on. But if I ever, ever ask you, you tell me to shut up because you're either taking notes or because you've already explained on this podcast, which I don't listen to enough. Yeah, it's like I've just come off of a two hour chat about bloody Toadie and Dee. I don't have the energy to explain it again to a passerby. If you guys could describe yourself as a neighbours couple, who, who would it be? It's an excellent question, Kate. Faye would have an excellent answer, and I would I would be left saying, "Oh, the one with the and the guy who that ah." Oh, so okay, remember the weird forehead. I'm going to think about it, but K- KB, did it's you definitely Clive and Sheila? Oh, oh no, the red hot. No, no question about it. That's, that's disturbing, but accurate. <laughs> I'm going to allow that. Yep. Any answer that doesn't involve um, Gary Canning is is a good answer. All right, so uh, here's a confession on Gary Canning because we all like to judge. Gary Canning is clearly batting out of his league. With Amy. And batting under his age with Amy. Now, that is something I am doing both of with Vaya. (laughs) That's a very nice thing to say. Well, yeah, except it means I'm sort of a creep too. No, we're four years apart. That's hardly Ned and Yashvi territory. (laughs) He, she's, on Friday, he was kissing her while she was in her Erinsborough High School uniform. Yeah, that's creepy. Did you kiss Vaya when she was in her high school uniform? I did not know Vaya when she was sure. in high school. However. But I, it's interesting, I kissed her while she could probably still fit into it. Well, here's the thing. When we began our dalliance, I was doing comedy, the Melbourne comedy scene, with my friend Joe, who's been on this podcast, and we played characters... <gasps> a lot of the time we did sketches and one of our sketches was two characters that did a high school debate and we would wear our old you high school. totally would wear your high school uniforms. Yeah. Yes. I just remembered that. Yeah. He's got a gleam in his eye now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome and I am sorry to all womankind. Anyway, we haven't been together this whole time. As I've mentioned before, we've had little hiatuses mm-hmm. and now we're at the moment we're on again. So yeah. You, you, I mean, you are a bit more coos than you probably like to think. I was going to say a bit, we're a bit Carl and Susan-esque. Yeah, because on again, off again is pretty much also how a lot of us casual neighbours viewers are. Mm. We Yeah, we dip in for a year or so, dip out, maybe try out other soaps for a bit. What? Oh, no. No, we don't. <laughs> bit of bold and the beautiful of an afternoon. Can I say, Neighbours has gone full bold and beautiful in the last couple of weeks, this episode in particular. KB was pointing out the music to me the other day. He's like, doesn't it sound bold and the beautifully to you? And I'm like, I watch this every day for the last five years. I can't tell the difference. Well, yeah, no, I really did notice that there seemed to be a lot more use of like dramatic stings and symbol rises and stuff. Maybe it's reality TV more than it is mm. like American soap, mm. but it definitely seemed a bit more bum bum drama. Anyway, it's good because it tells us how we're meant to feel. Now, we are going to do a deep dive on Monday the 5th of August. Also, that's the day before my birthday. On my birthday, the Neighbours Council hmm. put an amazing thread together of the most hilarious Neighbours gifts I have ever seen. I don't know how people dug those up. There was like Ned hiding behind a pot plant. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of Kerry Armstrong. It was just a great day. What a, oh, I was thrilled seeing those gifts. Thank you, guys. Now... We are in the aftermath of Paul Robinson's attack. Everyone thinks it's Gary, because of course you would, if quacks like a duck. And also Roxy has named him as the perp. Sheila, Gary's mother, Colette Nan, has stashed the evidence, which is an extremely bloody crowbar wrapped in a white towel. You know what? Lassiter's Lakes exists for a reason. 
You just go up there, you dump your rubbish in it, no one's the, the wiser. So, uh, first of all, she's she's worked it in the recycle bin and I ha- uh, towels are not recyclable. I checked. You have to go to St Vinnie's or find some special program. I don't think St Vinnie's want bloodstained towels, to be honest. Well, and then the other thing is, so she doesn't want to get rid of it completely until she's spoken to Gary. So I guess the idea is if he did it, then she'll dig a hole and hide it forever. But if he didn't do it, then then she produces it as evidence? Is that her scheme? In any case, she should have hidden it in a different postcode while that Mm. was resolved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's going to get found, it has to be not inside the house, but hiding it inside the most accessible and best lit recycle bin. You know know what I'd probably do? I'd probably just clean said crowbar and stick it in my shed and no one's ever going to know. I mean, even just in the dishwasher, drip drying still would be great. Mm. But maybe that's not Sheila's job, stacking the dishwasher. She said her job was putting the bins out. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Sheila's job is putting the bins out. Jesus, how bloody awful is Gary Canning? This is just like yet another bloody nail in his dead shit coffin. Doesn't take his own bins out. Makes his mum, his elderly mother do it. He's got a weak heart. Right. And he makes her lug the heavy bins. And they would be heavy because he'd be getting on the piss regularly. Yeah. Now, Kate, who is suspicious when Sheila's acting cagey around the recycle bin? Well, I'd just like to give credit to at Toad and Son Forever on Twitter. A sadly outdated (laughs) handle now. (laughs) R.I.P. Who said Harlow is Ramsey's Miss Marple. So I think we call her Miss Harple. Yeah. She was on that case. I was ready to slap a bulletproof vest on that kid. I feel like Erin's is in the Matrix and she's the only one who's escaped the Matrix. I Look, I'm not going to give him too much credit for detective work because what she saw was woman putting suspicious item in recycle bin and then what she heard was woman loudly saying, nothing suspicious here, I'm just saying things out loud now to cover up how suspicious this is. Look at the house. It's just a house. So uh, she wanted to visit the house where Jason Donovan grew up. Is that the idea? Possibly. That, I think that's what. Well, they can't make her Jason Donovan's daughter because oh. they already cast Jason Donovan's daughter. Sorry. She's actually his great niece. So Amazing she wanted to visit the house where her great uncle grew up? Well, she's Amy's niece. So right. she was at least seeing where Amy lives. Right. Okay, then. Well, the point was, Colette said, definitely yeah. don't go in the house and look around. Paolo had rubbish and Sheila was like, no. Now, that looked like a sandwich wrapper. And again, that did not belong in the recycle uh, bin. Red cycle. Need to get on to yeah. put your soft plastics in another plastic bag. Yeah. Take it to your supermarket. Yeah, we, we are on that. We've got three receptacles on the go. And we've ordered a fourth. Yeah. We're going to get a green bin soon. Now, this is a big night. There's a new errands for business launching. It is the 82 tram bar. Ding, ding. It's a bar. I thought Carl had just bought a tram. Um, he did. Okay. And that it, he was like, it, I felt like he was going to take it camping or something. <laughs> and he just invited everyone around so he could whack a champagne bottle on it. They worked on that tram for weeks. Yeah. And when you look at the inside of the tram, it looks like maybe they just knocked out the middle chairs. It looks like a it. tram. It looks a lot like and a popped, tram. popped a bar yeah. fridge in and that's it. Well, judging by the one guy who, on the, that episode who later claimed to be a worker, that's pretty much what I would imagine, yeah. Now, KB, you can speak to the validity of people buying old trams and using them for stuff. 
So when I grew up, um, there was a tram in my kindergarten's um, playground, which we used as a play tram, and it was awesome. That's so cute. It's fun. There's, there's, there was also, I think it's still there, a tram in um, Wattle Park in Box Hill, in the park there for kids to play on. Uh, more recently, though, my mum posted on Facebook about, it was like a Lions Club that had bought a tram, and they were turning it into an information booth, which to me... <laughs> was like, well, then why not buy an information booth? You know what happened? The Victorian government donated to a whole heap of different community groups right. a whole bunch of those trams, right. of which one of them became the Aaronsborough tram. Okay. Well, but, no, I mean, yeah, that makes sense and turn it into a tram-themed bar, well, fine. It's, it's going to give a bit of taste of Melbourne to neighbours. Yeah, I like the nostalgia factor. Now, here's the thing about the 82. Most of the bar is on the outside of it. Mm. That's what I couldn't quite figure out. Like, do they cook in there? They're dressed like old-fashioned conductors, I think. Or like but, but really puffing old billy stuff like or something? Not even, not even legit, like the last generation of conductors who were around when I was going to high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very strange. So, I mean, they look like chimney sweeps, but um, it's very unclear I, how... I think it looks cute, though. It's very unclear how tram-themed the bar is, apart from being, like you say, sort of around it. You know what they should have done? They should have had drink cards that you stamped, like the old tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah. Stamp your Met card. Oh, so good. Have, have you guys ever been on the restaurant tram? I have not. I have heard very detailed tale, Kate, of when you went on the restaurant tram. Uh, have I told it on the pod? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Look, people love the restaurant tram, and we were given a voucher to go on it. And Sorry, just to interrupt with a quick recap for those who aren't familiar with the restaurant tram. It's a tram which is a restaurant, yeah. and it's on tracks and goes around. It's yes. A, yeah. Now, as our listeners probably know, I don't drink, which... Isn't great when you go on the restaurant <laughs> tram because everybody else drinks way too much because all the booze is included. So you're in that awkward moment where you're like, oh, God, everyone's really obnoxious. And I'm actually sitting closer to the stranger beside me than the person I'm talking to across oh, from me. God. And it was, I just Those had these. trams are really horrible to sit in. And, and you don't think about that until you're already on it. Acoustically, it was really bad. So like we, the table beside us, the people were shouting at the people across from them. And it was just, and the food was just okay it wasn't great I'd look a high tea would be lovely on it actually and something in the daytime would have been nice because ours was at night as well and we didn't go anywhere that was basically illuminated so we'll, we went mm. down kind of through Albert Park and Middle Park in mm-hmm. pitch black so I was like Ugh. now I used to live next to a bar that was set up inside a shipping container it's still there but it was built while I was living in this flat it was called section 8 container bar and essentially, it's a bar outside because so the shipping containers there and the, the bartenders work in there and that's where all the booze is. And then they have pallets set up and you sit on them for tables and chairs. Perch. Perch on them. And there's like a chain link fence to make it look like a, its own venue. And one New Year's Eve, I had some friends over and we were all going to go out and we couldn't decide where to go. So we thought, well, let's just go next door to the outdoor bar. Section 8. We headed down and they said, no, no, it's a guest list tonight. I'm like, but it's an outdoor bar. I'm like leaning against the chain link fence going, we're already at it. <laughs> so we just got drunk on my front doorstep. So uh, that's the key to opening a theme restaurant or a theme bar is to have an item, yeah. name it after the item and then put a bar around it. And get a marquee. Yeah. Because in like day two of the tram being open, they had, it was raining. Yeah, yeah. torrential rain. Yeah. I've just opened my Esky nightclub. <laughs> and Esky is a cooler bin. <laughs> our international for our friends. international friends, I understand, yeah. 
Now, Gary's been banned because of his people think he's been criming. I think that's entirely reasonable for Paul to say, no, I don't want this guy who, like, brained me there. Because Paul's part owner of this, isn't he? Paul and uh, Carl and Carl's sister. Oh, Carl's sister uh, was making multiple pseudo cameos in that episode. He mentioned Jemima, I think, four times. I counted three, but I think at least, I think at four. That, to me, is just like reminding people that Magda Jabinski was on the show. Yeah, because they can't get her back. She's busy. So so she's the one who actually purchased the tram for him. Okay. Because she wrote a jingle for a tram system in Europe somewhere. Right. And, and their dad, her dad used to take, take her, her on. on the 82. We were thinking of recording this on the 82, but then I actually checked out the tram route's only 30 minutes long. Oh, there you go. Can't get a whole pod done in that time. No, you'd have to go up and back. I think we would. We wouldn't want to stay in Footscray. <laughs> <laughs> Some people try to make, tell me to make this pod shorter, but I, you know who I think of? Our friends that ride the tube. They need a good chunk of pod time. Oh, an old man on the tractor. Yes. You've got to break up the true crime somehow. (laughs) Now, Roxy's working the shift. Yeah, the witness. Witness to the the crime. And a lot of credit, I think, to Stefan Dennis's exposition, who he just brings things effortlessly to life. Oh, look, Roxy, we were just talking about how you are going to report Gary as a witness and put him to jail. Welcome to the scene. Tarage is still keeping an open mind on whether or not Gary did this and Paul's incensed because she should be on his side. I am team Paul 100% here. If someone assaults me, I don't care if it's your ex-boyfriend, you're on my side. There is an eyewitness. As as far as Mm. he's concerned, there's an eyewitness to the crime. He knows she's sus. Well, someone else who knows she's sus is Gary. I've written here he gets three sheets to the wind and then I realise Paul later calls him a thousand sheets to the wind. That's too many sheets. He stumbles into Tarage's office belligerently stumbles in there and she's like oh gary i didn't smell you come in are you drunk and he says and i quote no and i was sold to be honest do do you think he smells better when he's drunk (laughs) i think look i think gary's a dingus there's no question about that (laughs) but what i really like about this storyline is that they're just leaning into it he's gone full homer simpson He's just a dope now. He's been put upon. You can kind of see where he's coming from, but he's still being a dick about it. Yeah, he's very scruffy, extra scruffy. Oh, and super scruff, yeah. Line of the week, and a few people pointed <laughs> this out to me on Twitter. Tarage says, well, Roxy identified you as the culprit. And Gary says, she knew damn well it wasn't me. I mean, think about it, Tarage. Everyone knows she's a mess. Tarage retaliates. I'm not the only one who thought of this, but the exact thing that I muttered under my breath just before she said it Gary. Gary, you're a mess. <laughs> and of course, Gary, we have a sting for you. Ha, 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 mess. Ha, ha, ha. Because the whole thing is, you seem like the kind of guy that would have whacked someone with a crowbar. You fit the profile. <laughs> I mean, think it over very slightly. If you're under pretty reasonable suspicion for whacking the guy, probably don't show up drunk, scruffy, and threateningly to the guy's wife to and say, you don't think I really did it, did I? Because I'm, just to be clear, quite mental. And then lunge for another weapon. So he heads down to the opening of the 82. I wish we'd actually just got Scott Major, like filming his stumble all the way there. That would have added a bit more atmosphere. There was an admirable attempt to add atmosphere. There were a few POV shots of, of Gary's drunken stagger. It was a very dramatic moment when he stumbles in, he announces himself. It, se- it seemed like he was about to like, actually rip his shirt open. Carl had just given a speech thanking all the workers and then he yells out, I'm a worker. 
And then other like slightly unintelligent, uh, unintelligible things. But also, no, mate, you're a bloody um, work cover liability, Gary. <laughs> what about me? I'm a worker. Who do you reckon made all those pies? What's he doing here? Oh, no. So he wants attention. It's really not clear what his aim is here, but he's so homered up that it doesn't matter anymore. He would prefer to be spiteful and have people regret not inviting him to the launch and so punishes them by ruining it rather than having a business that he works at have a successful launch. He's at the point now where he's just awful, isn't he? And like, like kind of going back in previous weeks where he was jealous of Kyle to Sheila. So he was all like, oh, Kyle was always my foot, was your favourite. It's like, you're competing with your son, mate. This he is should pathetic. be your favourite, Gary. Yeah. There's not a single redeeming quality about him. Every time yeah. Amy looks at him, Zoe Crammond is working overtime in those, <laughs> in those scenes. Never made a lot of scenes. But then now she's with Kyle. She's not. No. She's not with Kyle? No. no. She what? Hang on, what? She loves him. She so, loves Kyle? Yeah, he admitted he... It came back because he's still into her and she's like, too bad I'm into your dad. And then after a while she's like, well, guess what? I think I still have feelings for you. Yeah, so they've been hanging out like not together together but yeah. but, but you'd, not you'd with- think at some stage you'd just be like, I'm so physically repulsed at the idea of you sleeping with my father that it's just killed any passion I well, have I mean, for you. I, I think that Erinsborough has just broken that barrier right down now and mm. nobody thinks about it no, anymore. That's... Everyone's sleeping with everyone's teachers and parents and grandparents. It's just something you put on your Tinder profile now, like have been with yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. okay with multi-generational. Swiped right on your dad, come check me out. She's clearly got a type and they're both dinguses. Because <laughs> later in the week, Coyle has had enough and... He doesn't know what to do. He has a heart-to-heart with Bachelor Tim. Which is odd. Kyle then decides, right, I don't want any part of this anymore. It's too messy. Goes to tell Amy, I don't love you. you Say in his voice. I don't love you. We can't. You're not as good as Kenny, our friend. No, no, Kenny does. Gaz, KB can do Coil. Oh, of course. Sorry, yes. Coil is voice of um, Dyla Coil. The drugs haven't kicked in properly. Oh, they have kicked in too well. He says, I don't love you. But he doesn't have a good backup story. He doesn't, like, if he had said, it's gross that you're with my dad, I feel ill. Mm. So that's never come up. It's, I mean, they've obviously talked about the fact she's with another dude and he, he's aware of who that dude is. And so has his brain connected that dude, Gaz, to his dad? Well, no, he came back deliberately to split the two of them up. Yes. And he's acknowledged that it's obviously his dad. Like, it's some weird shit going on. It shouldn't be this hard to break them up i got to say. It shouldn't be this hard. I kind of feel like, Amy, you deserve him now. You yeah. deserve to live your life out with Gazcan. You deserve this destiny of sitting beside your passed out bloke, feeding squashed pies into his face to cure his hangover. I mean, that was full Hasselhoff right there. That was yes. the burger in the foreground just raving and muttering, um, all of you, all of you. It was magnificent, but we've skipped over the part where he ruined the opening by, and I want to make sure I tell everything correctly, walking through the crowd, taking the scissors that were there to cut the ribbon. And pointing them not in the safe way. Yeah, no, that's right. He what, So that's probably the worst thing that he did. He bumped into some people, but basically, yeah, carrying the scissors in the unsafe manner. And then he fell through the ribbon onto the floor. Now, I saw that in the promos and i'm like wow what's he done how did he end up there and the answer is he walked 
past the ribbon and fell down. He basically finished a very short marathon. Well, this, this is just like the opening of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, how yes. it was ruined by somebody else. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it's not as if Carl can't just put the ribbon up and cut it again. <laughs> just go, hey, Brennan, take him away. Yeah, just sweep him off the other edge. There's a door on the other side <laughs> of the yeah, yeah, Let him walk in, <laughs> pull the door back, push, bang, gone. It was too late, guys, because the punters with their phones were clicking away. It was a total Homer Simpson moment. It was Idiot Ruins Tram opening. And everyone put it all over the socials. As you would. I'd, I'd get it up on my Instagram stories. See, it's too bad we don't have brand enthusiasm going, Aaron's marketing business, because he could have hustled on that and made the hashtag work for him. Oh, yeah. Like, um, did he, was that based out of a shipping container? I don't think he didn't have an office. He yeah, would just so he needed an item. Yeah. If he if he'd had if he'd had a backpack, then maybe, he could have called it brand enthusiasm backpack and maybe people he, could gather around. He could partition off one end of the shed to turn back into his PR agency. Because yeah, he does he runs his gym out of a shed. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Good. So sometimes I can't tell what you know. No, me neither. Loving Tarage's analysis of the situation, which is quite accurate. It's there was a slight kerfuffle at the tram. <laughs> She's being very balanced and reasonable. I like that. I like that um, Roxy has brought out this maternal, it's kind of a bemusement. She knows that Roxy can't be trusted, but she's not just going to slap her and call her an idiot. She knows Paul's being a dick because she knows that he knows that Roxy's not a rock steady witness. Rock steady! She's good. She's like, she's perfectly balanced. She's just outside of it enough to pull the right faces. I'm really enjoying her. I haven't stopped enjoying her for years. So Harlow, which is the other kind of maternal side of Tarage, is now she's got Paul's granddaughter living with them. Right. She loves Miss Harpool. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a weird scene where Paul and Tarage are sitting at the table just outside the tram and Miss Harpool's just kind of perched at the door behind them, just kind of like, well, I guess I could sit with these guys but they didn't put a chair out for me to sit and you know this is all really awkward and it was this just before the moment when she said i didn't want to get this involved because then she takes herself off down to the cannings pokes around in the bins retrieves the weapon and turns it into the police because then we have that amazing moment where um detmec comes down to the opening and doesn't make this was key this was killer drama makes sheila do the slow-mo perp walk First of all, he walks in just in time for Stefan Dennis to give some more exposition. He stands there while Paul says, oh, about time he got here, uh, Gazcan should have been arrested for drunken disorderly and damage to property, which I think means the ribbon. <laughs> he should have been arrested a long time ago. Now, Detmec doesn't even react to that. He just pauses long enough for it to happen and then walks in slow-mo over to Sheila. And it's three steps. It's the most unnecessary slow-mo ever and I fucking loved it. And we find out later she gets charged with what everybody's favourite crime is, obstruction of justice. Hiding the weapon. Has Sheila been charged with things before? I feel like Tarage gets charged every five yeah, minutes Sheila well. delivered the bloody pig's head to Imogen. Oh, yeah. So she got charged with dark. Bullying. Yeah, I mean, but Sheila loves a conspiracy. She was she was going behind Gaz's back with Paul, and now she was going behind Paul's back with Gaz's crowbar. She's steeped in it. She's clearly the way her hair moved in that slow mo perp walk. She's been perp walked before. It, at what stage do you lose your job? Who are you referring to? Sheila. Now? Like Sheila works for Tarage and Paul. You think at some stage you'd just go? I can't trust her anymore. Really. Ooh. I mean, that kind of would happen to everyone there, though. Yeah, no one should be working at that joint. Or anywhere, really. Except Chloe's quite good at her job um, running the events at Lasseter's. 
One more thing, though, is that with Gaz, I'm actually quite scared of what's going to happen when he eventually finds out that his son and his girlfriend are into each other. I'm actually quite terrified. It, like, he keeps in his drunken rants. He's like, oh, thank God I've got you. We're soulmates. You believe me. Blah, blah, blah. And Amy's just got, like, the awkward face as he's saying it. It's, yeah. I feel like he's hit rock bottom already. So he's really going to have to get the excavator out to <laughs> dig a new hole to plumb to. Speaking of holes, he has a go at Sheila the next night saying she'd let him down. She didn't have faith in him. You know what, mate? Get out of my house, you leeching bum. And he says to his mum, you can just stay in the hole that you dug for yourself. And you Whoa. can get out of my house. If she was better digging holes, then they wouldn't have found the weapon. <laughs> And also shout out to the trench coat dancer at the outside the tram. Oh, living her best life. You're living her best life. The Neighbours Council enjoyed her work immensely. There was some spectacular extra work. Um, I'm assuming we're going to talk about blackmail school as well. Yes. But Top Knot's mates who were clearly boisterous bullies who had no speaking lines and were completely silent. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into them. Because I was also just going to say, what did you think of the roux sliders that were on the menu at the tram cafe? Oh, I'm all for it. I know you're not into kangaroo. No. I've been cooking some kangaroo of late. Kangaroo stir fry. Bung it on the stove with a bit of canton. Put some neighbours on in the background. Don't ask your girlfriend any questions about it. You'll be fine. Uh, I disagree with Yashvi. I, I can't eat Skippy. And also Yashvi, I don't think she understands that reference. I think she's too young to know what Skippy is. Yeah. The, the, the children's TV classic, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Well, this is the beauty of dating a much older man. <laughs> no, but Vey, do you remember the new adventures of Skippy? Yes, I do. With Andrew Clark, a.k.a. the, the late Kinski. Oh, Beardy. No. No, not St. Beardy. Oh. Um, Susan's oh. late husband. Seems to be. Alex. Think. Alex Kinski, that's right. right. Yashvi's still too young for the new adventures of Skippy. She is way too young. Yeah. Ned's probably found it on Netflix for it. Hey, it's CJ here. Just a quick comment from me about this strip away your past game firstly it reminds me of that time in friends when they made up the cups game because this is not a real game this is made up and it's like hi my name's b i've just made up a new game so i can get my boyfriend naked but i don't blame her quick thought on it though until that moment is this version of finn young naive finn was he a virgin until b is this a first for him? You know, the other week when they were talking about their firsts? Because I think that Patrick and evil Finn were probably pretty good in bed. And I'm not sure about this guy. So hopefully he learnt some tricks off Beatrix. And he's going to be fulfilling her new games that she's going to make up. She's going to make an, make up another one next week. Cops and robbers. Oh, no, I think we've made up that one before. Also, she was wearing really strange pants. When there's stuff around your house that's busted up and not so grouse, or there's something that needs nailing, am I right? I'll be down there in a while. Just call me, Dialer Kyle. 1-800-Dialer-Kyle. Oh, shit, I forgot to get a phone number that spells something. 1-800-758-746-932. Let's get into the Toxic Masculinity Brigade. Over at Erinsborough High. Shitbag High. What is Erinsborough High if we don't have a shitbag there? Shitbag kid, one in, one out policy. First shitbag is our old mate Dyla Coyle, who <laughs> back in his year 12 days was a little bit hashtag me too yeah. and a whole lot bully. Right. Yeah, no, that actually mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. 
I can only remember Sue Parker's kid. He was one of the shitbag yes, kids. Yep. Um, shitbag Jaden was his name, was it? Yep. Then it was um, the doctors or well, the obstetricians. Yeah, kid. shitbag Dean. That was a recent one. There's about twelve shitbags yeah. in there. We should... So the current shitbag is is basically Dean Point O, Dean Point Two. Dean Point Next, Dean's Mate. Dean's Mate, Richie. I feel like all of them could have been villains on Round the Twist. Oh, yeah. But Round the Twist had a budget and they could have paid his mates to talk. (laughs) Because when we first see them, they're uh, throwing a football around the school corridor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they're clearly all going, yeah, great, wow, this is fun. But they're not allowed to say it out loud. So it's just pantomime bullies. Recently, I found I've had my angry mum voice appear at odd, in odd places, mm-hmm. like we're at the zoo and my kids were playing on the ground in this, yeah. this play area for small children. And then these like 10-year-olds ran in and were like running back and forth, dodging babies, like oh. nearly stepping on them. So I'm just like, right, calm down. <laughs> but yeah, so these were like the loudest silent extras ever. It was wonderful. But, but you think Ellie would have one iota of classroom control and say, boys, no games inside. Oh. Cut it out. Hey, you've missed your calling. I yeah. got really scared just then. Yes. No, but that's just just hang out with me at a playground and you'll you'll you hear are, me parent other people's a scary children. You're authority figure, and I can see why your husband's texts to you are so brief and polite. I have been a pantomiming extra when Katya Kinski got run over. Oh, uh, oh. in the Lasseter's car park. I always forget who ran her over, but she's toppled to- toppled over. Probably Max. Yeah, she toppled over, and we all had to gather around. We all passers by, concerned, but we couldn't talk or react. Mm. So I had to be like, "This woman's been bowled over," but I can't do anything with my face. So I, because I'm smart, got out my phone and pretended to be calling an ambulance because no one else was going to do it. Ellie's run off her feet. She is working back after school. Chloe comes to see her. And Ellie says, I've just got an hour of admin left to do. But she was writing on the whiteboard. She was writing about conflict. So clearly themes from the English text. Judging by her class control, there is no way you would fill up the whiteboard before class because it's not going to stay there. No. (laughs) You write on the board in front of the class. It's how you kill time when you're a bad teacher, which obviously she is. Yes. Well, she's going to come back to those notes and they're going to be wiped and there's yeah. just going to be a giant penis there. It's Huge chicken balls. The person's going to rub off the other half of the word conflict and just write cock. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To recap, she's um, now being blackmailed by Richie. Yep, because he'll... Yep. he will re- If she doesn't do what he wants, he will reveal that she's previously been blackmailed, yep. which is the best way to be blackmailed. <laughs> I love it. You're telling us? We tell the whole world. About what? Hello, Dean? Richie, you're making some really bad choices right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm just less blackmailable, which is true. But mm-hmm. wouldn't you just say, no, I'm just going to deny this. You're full of shit. Yes. Yeah, you would. But, I mean, she should have done that the first time around Yes. as well. Like, Well, she should have gone to his mother and said, I'm going to report you to the medical board for my leaving confidentiality. Your, leaving your files around while you're... Yeah, um, being breached. Your dick son is here. And um, you can lose your job. Yeah. Or you can get your son to shut up. Because I thought that was a brilliant plot line. I really enjoyed it, except for that really big loophole where she just... Yeah. yeah. Or or I'll fail your son. How yes. about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, now, now she's been... His leverage over her is that she was blackmailed last time around and she's falling for it. She ha- She goes to water. Did she do her teaching rounds at all? What do they do in New South Wales on those teaching rounds? She must have had a, gone to a really nice girls' school, I reckon. Even Pro- then. Probably the one she went to herself. Yeah, even then. There's some stuff you are got to learn. So now Chloe has come in with a... Lesbian feelings. Yep. Sorry, chips. 
Yes, interchangeable. Some hot chippies and what's on them? Chicken salt. Delicious. Now, some of our international friends haven't been able to enjoy the chicken salt. Oh, imagine that. Imagine living your life without chicken salt. Do you want me to go get our bottle of chicken salt? We can read what? what's on it. You have you have your own chicken salt. We have it in the house. I've never bought it, and I don't think I would. I don't think I've ever used it, but I've never turned it down. That's <laughs> no. the thing about chicken salt. Well, or salt and vinegar chips. I don't think oh, I yum. ever buy them, but oh, if someone no. opens them, oh, yes, please. All you, all you have to say salt and vinegar chips and I start salivating. Now you want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that vinegar. I accidentally bought this from Costco and we're going to be going through it for the rest of our human lives. It's the size of a bowling ball. Now, we'd just like to clear up one common misconception. There is no chicken in chicken salt. Oh, no, no. Oh, chill I'm pretty sure this is vegan. The ingredients are 70% salt, mm-hmm. rice flour, mm-hmm. spices, Ooh. garlic, onion, Flavor, yeast extract, anti-caking agent, soybean oil. That's it. It does have a, that slight tinge of Vegemite, doesn't it? With the like, <gasps> like, what, no, with the yeast extract. Mm. When you said that, I thought it not shocked at this. Yeah. yeah, I am disappointed that there's no chicken in it. I kind of had thought there would be chicken in it. It, it is more delicious than Vegemite. No, I'm putting it out there. This is the quintessential representative for tastes like chicken. You know, if everyone that I know that's like lived in the UK for a few years, when they've come back for a holiday in Australia, they've taken oh, back yeah. a tub of chicken salt. And or, or my friend Anita, who always asks for caramello koalas. That's the one thing she loves and can't get in wow. the UK. So loads up on the chicken salt chips. Chloe knows her way to my heart. Food. Feed me food. She brings chips. Ellie's on board over at Harold's Cafe the shitbag kids are running amok again. Oh, see, this is where my second angry mum voice would come in and I would just tell them off. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even care that I didn't work in the cafe. I'd be like, I'm sitting here trying to have a bit of peace and quiet. And, and they're doing bottle flips. Yeah, they yeah. were all Apparently crowded. very successful bottle flips, though. They I thought cr- they were harder than, than that. But he did, I think, three in a row and good on him. What kind of shitbag actually does that inside? I mean, sure enough, go outside. It's the middle of winter. No one's out at the tables outside. A shitbag with four head. silent friends who uh, have no ability to tell him no. Do you think we should just call them goons? The goons. <laughs> the silent goons. And Yashvi, that's your parents' cafe. Get up and yell at the kids together. Yeah. I feel uh, Yashvi would have a great angry mum voice, you know. Definitely. Now... Chloe comes in and gives shitbag kid a serve. And a delicious serve. Do you have a girlfriend, Richie? Oh, no. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> Little tip. No one is ever going to touch you if that's how you treat women. You're pathetic. Oh. It's a 100% win. It's all the greatest hits. You've got to go for, like, the, the jugular. And that's yes. the, yeah, embarrass him in front of his mates. Yeah. And having a hot lady do that mm. as well makes it extra embarrassing. Yeah. Now, Ellie's uh, furious about this because then the shitbags just go back to the school with more booze. I don't know what their plan was there. Well, here's the problem with the bubble blackmail plan is that now he's pissed off and he goes back and his revenge is to destroy his leverage. I mean, the craziest part here is that there's something far better you can blackmail her on, which is the fact that she lives with the psychopath who tried to kill the whole school. Ooh. Oh, there's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Then she has a go at Chloe, but then Ned and Yashvi defend Chloe. Like, no, she really had your back. She really stuck up for you. And it's like, thanks, former student who now goes out with my ex-boyfriend for that information. Um, I thought it was a nice scene until you told me about that background. (laughs) And then I still thought it was a pretty nice scene, actually. Yeah, no, it was cute. However, later in the week, everything fires up with the PTA. I had a few issues with that PTA meeting in that there was like less than 10 parents there, including Dippy and Shane. Ellie's up the front doing a big mea culpa and that. It's like, well, actually, no, this 
needs to be an email to the yeah. entire school community. <laughs> and published in the newsletter. Yes. Yeah, it was Peace Week. And as much as, you know, like we can vilify Angela. Angela. Angela said some pretty wrong things, homophobic things. Yeah, you know? she's, uh, she's cancelled. I cancelled Angela. But <laughs> equally... She did have kind of the right message, Mrs. Lovejoy, with her, when somebody think of the children. She she started making very good points. Like, what are you doing bringing alcohol to kids? But you know what? To me, I was like, this is your tipping point to pull your kid out of the school. Not the chemical terrorism. No. Not the complete nut utter lack of qualifications from the teachers. Not the fact that the terrorist is living with the principal. Not the fact that the principal disappears for six months every year. Mm. And... Ellie very quickly glossed over the fact that she changed his grade. Like she, she goes, I didn't give him alcohol in the end. I decided not to. And he, I changed his grade back. Like, <sighs> but yeah, because you got caught. But before then, you changed it. If I was at that meeting, I'd be like, oh, God, this, this is even worse of a shithole of a school than yeah. I ever thought. And I actually do need to withdraw my child from class and I don't care if it's going to ruin their VCE. They can just repeat it somewhere else. And she holds this meeting without any other staff member present. Yes, not, not even someone from the department. You would think that for such an important announcement, they would be having like the department's legal team onto this sort of thing. Well, I mean, so uh, Susan is... She's uh, getting some refresher MS treatment up in Sydney. Oh, yeah, that's that's where I'd go too. But but there's there's no actual proper fill-in principal? No, well, there, no, there clearly there's only one actor who works at the school. Well, they do have a fill-in, Mrs Birmingham. So Mrs Birmingham, the ring-in, wasn't there that day for that meeting. So, look, if I'm a parent at that meeting, I'm not really fussed about the alcohol and the changing the grades. What I am annoyed at is how bad she is at being blackmailed. Because she's now fronting up to admit to being blackmailed a second time because she was bad at being blackmailed the first time. Yeah, how is she telling kids that come in and saying, I didn't do my homework? Like, what is she saying to them then? Like, oh, can you... Can you I've try? Can I've you, been there. Can you try and do your homework? No, lay down the law. I guess I understand. I understand. Yeah, it was Saturday night, Friday night, big nights of the week. But yeah, yeah, you just got to come on, just, just do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela pulls her kid out of the school, then six more parents follow, and then Mrs. Birmingham cracks it, calls Susan back down from Sydney. So Susan's going to come in next week and, you know, take oh, names. So Ellie's to blame for Susan dying of MS. Yeah. In the end. Yep. Uh. But you know, no, you know what, Susan, this is bullshit. You shouldn't have re-employed her at the school. No, not this at is, all. This is up to you, Suze. I mean, she's big on second chances, hence living with the terrorists. No, she only gives second chances to um, men yeah. and to her nieces. Right. I do appreciate the fact that they haven't yanked a pregnant woman's livelihood away from her. But she deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to actually be competent at your job. Maybe she could have. they could have put her back in at the school um, Writing on the whiteboard for other teachers? I was going to say PE teacher. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even convinced she knows the definition of conflict. <laughs> I haven't Googled that, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe she could be like an, an aide. She can assist kids that are struggling. That they won't end up dumber than they already are. Yeah, yeah she can buy them alcohol. <laughs> she can organise a school formal. Why doesn't she just go into business with Leo at the bar? Well, the Tanak Packers. Could probably use some staff because at the end of Monday, who rears his ugly head up in the loft, <gasps> in the sex loft? Vance Pants. Valance. 
Abernathy, Abernathy, Abernathy. Fernanspity and Sipansy. Were you guys just thinking about how bloody cold it would have been leaning against the wall of a shed in midwinter? He kind of gives me a sort of vaguely Sasquatchy Bigfoot kind of vibe. <laughs> like the cold wouldn't get to him for another six months. <laughs> There's so many reasons why you would not want to live in the mezzanine level of a backpacker's shed. I mean, aside from the cold, imagine the backpacker stink that would come up to the, the oh, just yeah, rise. I think he'd bring his own waft as well. <laughs> no, no, but not just like BO, like every bad thing they've cooked in the kitchen, every time they've oh, microwaved hey. tuna and Yeah. But there's there's no door to that room either. So he's bedding his young lover. So <sighs> now what is revealed? Through this. Oh, the thing that you said ex- immediately after uh, Paul was assaulted, which was Vance assaulted him. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that Vance thought that Paul had assaulted Roxy. He saw them, quote unquote, kissing, which was when Ro- Roxy was trying to lay a honey trap to lure Paul from to rage. Whatever, it didn't work. Roxy recoiled and then Vance only saw the attempted kiss and just decided to, you know, launch into crowbar action. So um, Roxy's accusation of Gary um, has come about because she, obviously she knows Vance did it. Yeah. But she didn't say anything until Paul gave her the opportunity, like Paul planted the idea. Well, she felt bad that Paul had been assaulted. So right. I think she just wanted to make it up with him, didn't she? And Vance also did say, do whatever it takes to cover for me. Yeah, which I, I don't know why then she wouldn't have said immediately. It was a guy who was not tall and weird looking. And he ran that way. Yeah, or it was a woman. Yes, for example. But um, There's a lot of scorned lovers that could have attacked Paul. Yeah. She had a hair like a hedgehog. <laughs> He'd be knocking on um, Lynn Scully's door. <laughs> but then later in the week, she just calls Vance on his crap and is like, hey, did you try and ask my auntie to run away with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, but I'll, you know, I didn't really think it through. Have you seen her cans? <laughs> I mean, there's just incest in the air for yeah. some reason around here. It's just incest straight. Roxy puts him to the test and just calls the fuzz on him and says, well, if you really love me, you'll tell the police everything. And uh, But they just haul him off anyway. Yeah. No. Well, Vance, we barely knew you. Now, who else did we barely know? Oh, Dee. Dee-own oh, Bliss. I love her so much and I love her and Toadie together. Slash. It's been a, a joy. The, most of this week has been an absolute joy for me. I feel they're really suited to each other. But I am outraged that Tony won't let his six-year-old daughter glue her own paddle pop stick project together. Yeah, the teachers are going to tell. They're going to they're gonna know that there's been a bit of parental For help. prep. So now KB didn't see this episode. Can no. you walk him through what happened? I'm in shock because I saw the, the teaser at the end of Monday's episode, which suggested that Tony and Dee are like... Getting intimate. Getting intimate. That that's as far as I know. Well, it turns out Nellie Fish um, had a bit of homework in prep, which is terrifying. Yeah. And she had to create a diorama of her dream bedroom. Right. And she was somewhere else. I don't know where she was. She wasn't home because she hasn't been home for a few weeks now. Oh, she had a play date. She had a play date. Yeah. Which if, you, if your kid's got homework due tomorrow, cancel the play date. You don't get a play date Especially if you've got homework not a, due. Not a play date that's a few weeks long. But I'm, anyway. I'm just worried about it. We haven't seen either of the kids in ages. But they're in the opening credits. They're fine. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. So Dee and Toadie decided that... Mm-hmm. Nellie's dream room would oh. be, was it rainbows, rainbow themed? And they were going to create it for her. I love it. So then they had some lovely heartwarming moments making it together. Yes. And then Clancy went and ruined it. The, yeah, the dog 
took it away. We didn't see it happen. It happened oh. off screen. Yeah, yeah you can't train dog. a dog to take a paddle pop bedroom. Yeah. I do feel, though, that Dee's leaning a bit too heavily on the past. She's like, I oh, remember when we did this. Remember when we did that? Like, KB, imagine if you and I, all we ever talked about was that time we went out when we were t- when I was 20. Yeah, except for, like... And he's like, oh, I remember when you used to wear that uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had been presumed dead for the 10 years in between, then I probably would mention it more. Okay, yeah. They connect over this project... And, and, oh, there was a lovely um, kind of basically speaking in metaphors where with the, you know, oh, we can do it again. Oh, yeah, after we, it's broken. After it's broken, yeah, yeah. I just didn't, you know, I enjoyed doing it here with you together. <gasps> wow, I missed that. Yeah. So, Dee and Toadie lean in, they kiss, Toadie flips out and all the memories of his life with Sonia come washing through his head like actual flashback memories? Yeah. Wow. Like everything, meeting her, getting married, having a baby. That time she got on smack and went and lived in the smacky yeah, caravan. Everything. And then he runs a flailing. So Madeline West's sizzle reel, basically. No, no. Eve's. It was Eve. He's oh, sorry. Uh, I'll stop. I know what I'm you're sorry. talking about now. Basically, he's kissing his first dead, dead wife who's come back. And then he's had flashbacks of his most recent dead wife who's dead. You know what? Phil and I were watching this together and I was saying, yeah, but you know what? Some widowed men just do move on super quickly. And I I can think of two examples of people I know, men I know, who moved on to new girlfriends within maybe three months of their wives dying. And this is his ex-wife. That's it, yeah. yeah. Like it's not a move on. It's not really even a move back. It's just a lateral move. But again, I've said this before, but I think he, he would have moved on faster if it hadn't been such a sudden shocking decline. Oh, something. no, no, the one I knew, oh. like, yeah, no, one oh, I wow. knew died in a terrible accident. No, um, but, yeah. How long would, how long do I have? <laughs> like, I mean, um, I, clearly I'm so much older, there's no way you're going to die first. But if you do, how long do I have to? You have, you have the castaway length of time. If anyone's seen the Tom Hanks motion okay. picture. All right. It's, uh, I think it's four years is on that island and Helen Hunt wow. moves on. No, you don't have to wait four years. Uh-huh. Jeez, that's a long time. It is a long time. No, no, I think you just got to think, oh, no, she'd want me to be happy. I think you'd want me with, to be happy. With Doreen down the chipper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would want you to be happy. I just really wanted to say the castaway thing because I think it's funny. <laughs> but, um, no, do whatever you want. <laughs> Meet someone yeah. now. I don't care. Tell me more about Doreen. <gasps> wow. <laughs> she smells like vinegar. Does she have he'll, he'll, be, he'll be back. Like, she, whatever. Free, free. Get, some, get some pickled onions, eh? <laughs> Keep it free and easy. Every, we're all fluid. We're all people. <laughs> <laughs> she might throw in some extra, yeah, potato cakes. Oh, scallops, please. I've had quite a lot of cotton flu medicine. <laughs> I, again, it's it was Easter. It's Christmas in July, practically, August. Like, it's been barely any time. And I just don't think he's ready. He hasn't, I don't think he's seen a psychologist. Everyone oh. else on um, I'm sure you're seeing a psychologist, aren't they? Oh. Uh, Piper was for a bit, but she's not on the show oh, anymore. Sorry, am I just am I thinking of the hypnotists? Hypnotists. Everyone's yeah. got a hypnotist yeah. now because they're all amnesian suddenly. <laughs> so what happens? D packs up her stuff, leaves a note. B acts like she doesn't know what what's going on. He's like, "Is D here?" And B's like, "No, she packed up everything she owns and left this letter." But I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted her to live in the studio apartment around the corner. Oh. Maybe she will in a year when playing for keeps finishes and she might need another job. So she's so she's gone. Is the... She went back to Byron. And then what did Tony do? He went to Byron too. And do you realise 
what that's doing to the hole in the ozone layer. Mm. All those greenhouse gases. It's a lot of flights. Um, and uh, I assume Nellie's still on her play date, so yeah. that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, she does – she and Hugo do live with his brother and – his brother's wife and like oh, there's babysitters family. all yeah, the yeah. all the time there. Nobody ever has to organise childcare. It's amazing. Toady lands literally. I think the plane drops him onto the main beach at Byron Bay. I mean, it's a pretty small town. That yeah. pretty much is where they land. Dee is bohoed up again with a floral headband. She's returned to her life of pretending not to be alive. Anymore. Yeah, Karen yeah. Elizabeth Hambly. I just want to go back to where we were. I still need time to grieve, and you need to get to know yourself. I don't think either of us are in a position to be anything more to each other than just friends. I was so angry at this. This is a, I mean, I'm hearing this for the first time. This is a huge cop out. Why? From a, like from a six month build up. No, longer. Six months, bloody three years. Um, yeah. A build up of like painstakingly bringing back the fake D, dragging out that whole thing, having the fake affair, the whole, all mm. of that stuff. And then killing off his wife to make room for... The actual real dead wife was, yeah, maybe moving a little too fast, maybe you know, but there's drama in that. But like, see, that's the thing. Couldn't they have her move into the studio apartment and then just she could be around? She could run the nursery for six months. She can't run the nursery. Well, is she she any less qualified than Sonia to run the nursery? (laughs) Probably more qualified because she's been living off the grid, growing Mm. her own veggies. Uh, Yeah, no, it feels like a huge investment of story time just to go. My dead wife is back. All right, well, that's that now. We can move on. And so now he has to make the popsicle bedrooms on his own. Then at the end of Thursday's episode, he went to the old mate Scabby Callistaman tree and just kind of stood there like he's like addressing Sonia, kind of like, you know, smiling. It's like, oh, yeah, I did this for you. I'm going to be alone forever it's now. just you and me now, babe. You and Ooh. me, crappy tree. You'll keep me warm at night. I didn't want them together now, but I was surprised they didn't just say, hey, let's give it to Christmas. Let's see how I am then. Give me a buzz. Me and the kids will come up for a bit of a holiday. Yeah. Also, like, you know, Hugo can pretend, yeah, they can just fool Hugo now into thinking that Dee is his real mother. I mean, look, whoever comes along, they can fool him into thinking that. (laughs) So that's where we are. Um, Well, that is properly shocking. It's it's disappointing. Mm. Now, we have to do Citizen or Citizen of the Week. Uh, Citizen of the Week is Paul Robinson's wince. Um, He's doing magnificent work. He's been in, (laughs) in and out of hospital Everything he was doing on Monday was ooh and ah, and uh, it was magnificent. So big up Stephen Dennis, big up Paul Robinson's wincing muscles. I'm going to give um, Citizen to Gazcan. <gasps> what the actual? I know. What? No, just because that was just pure gold, Gazcan. That drunken stumble, the... It was magnificent. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then with his his dropped pie, which harkens back to some great Aussie slang of having a face like a dropped pie. (laughs) Look that up on Urban Dictionary, kids. Um, I have to write to the universe and award Shitterson of the Week to Gary. Francis Xavier Canning mm. because I'm genuinely afraid of what he's going to do when he finds out his daughter wants to bone his 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 fiance wants to bone his son. Next time you're at Woolies, he might pelt you with an apple. Yes, I'm terrified <laughs> of him. What if we're what if we're holding a piece of ribbon and he comes at us? <laughs> with the scissors pointing the wrong way. He can't be behaving like this at the restaurant tram. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Can I just add that 
if you're coming to Melbourne as a tourist, go on the restaurant tram. I'm just a grumpy old bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as you said, do it earlier in the day. And bring your own food. And get drunk. Actually, I should hit him up for some Spono. <laughs> we need some Spono. Not now. I don't think they're going to give it to us now after I've shit canned I'll wait for a few episodes. KB, thank mm. you for subbing in and helping your sister out. Thanks for crossing my sister. sister. Oh, my God. Wow. <gasps> the truth comes out. Like, wow. You don't no. look anything alike. La, 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 not listening. No, I, I'm all drugged up. I've lost my words. Thanks for helping a gal out. Thanks for having me once you cross everyone else off the list. People can tweet at you, Kynan People B. People can tweet me at Kynan B. I'm not there often, but, I mean, you know, I'm pretty gold when I show up. Kate's on Twitter. I'm at Remute. CJ, uh, get well soon. CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram. I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter. And Neighbours Pod is our account as well. And the Neighbours Council is on Facebook. Patreon.com slash Neighbours Pod if you want to chuck us a couple of bucks. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'll chat to you guys next week. We'll talk about the Erinsborough Music Festival. Bye. 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 There's not a cloud in the sky. It's as blue as your goodbye And I thought that it would rain On a day like today Hey, there's not a cloud in sight It's as blue as your blue goodbye And I thought that it would rain The day you went away